This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The mood in the room got tense, heavy, and my previous anxiety found its way back to me. What an odd thing to happen, I said finally. Where the fuck are we? Kevin asked. There is a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called The Feeding. You belong here. Part 7. Nikki. The day was dark and seemed to weigh on Kevin and me, because we both yawned and kept drifting off. Are you exhausted too? I asked Kevin and could not resist a yawn and a stretch. Don't you always feel so tired here? Well, I did spend the last two nights in the cold, dark forest. I feel like I haven't slept in a week. We really should get going, I said, as I glanced at the ladder leading to the room upstairs. I recalled the creepy footsteps, but instead of horror, I felt apathy. All I wanted at that moment was to lay down and drift into sleep. My eyes got heavy. I need to lay down, I said quietly. I wouldn't mind that myself, Kevin said. But his voice came from far, far away. It did not matter. Nothing seemed to matter. I had to sleep. I climbed the ladder up to the room and sprawled out on the bed. I looked up at the footprints above me, amazed at how little I cared for them now. It was not long until I was asleep. There was a scream. Startled and disoriented, I leaped out of bed. I ran to the ladder and found Kevin at the base of it, standing in the dark and holding a candle. Someone's outside, he said in a whisper. I woke up to screaming from the outside. You can hear it, right? Yeah, I can hear it, I replied. Have you gone out to see who it is? Not yet. It's dark out and it took me a while to find matches. Let's go, I said and climbed down. There was another scream, this time much closer. I thought I heard somebody crying help, Kevin said. A woman over and over again, must be lost just like us. We headed outside, with the moon still hidden underneath the thick clouds. It was pitch black. There was no way to tell where anything was. For all I knew, we could be standing in the middle of nothingness. 
This is how I imagined the world to look if suddenly it all just ended. Kevin grabbed my arm. Over there, he said, pointing somewhere in the darkness, his arm a shadow in the candlelight. I can't see a single thing, I said, and followed Kevin. Suddenly, a woman screamed. Help me! From the direction in which Kevin was pointing earlier. He turned to me. Listen, I think you should stay here. She can't be too far. He walked away before I could say anything. I didn't want Kevin to go. Something gave me an eerie feeling, like we were being watched. and I could not help picturing Frank leaping out of the darkness to get me. I watched Kevin disappear into the night, his body swallowed up by nothingness, the world ending all around us. My body shook from the cold and anxiety. Diane! Kevin's voice woke me out of my trance. I'm here! I cried back. I can't see you! Diane, can you walk towards me? My candle blew out and I can't see where to step. It's too damn dark. I heard Kevin's footsteps approach. I walked toward the sound, shielding my candle from the wind. Suddenly, Kevin was before me. He sprang out of the darkness, as if materializing out of nothing. He was holding a small body in his arms. A woman's body. She was dressed very light for the weather. Her skin, white as snow in the cold wind. She looked absolutely frozen. Her arms and legs were bleeding. We headed toward the cabin in silence. Once inside, we placed the woman on the bed downstairs and lit the stove to warm up the place. Kevin lit the candles around the cabin, and I went over to the woman. I touched her arm, and she was so cold, it seemed she was already dead. I started rubbing her hands and feet with my hands, getting warmth in them, and she stopped shivering. I covered her with the blankets and left her to sleep. Hey, this is Chris from the Criminal Perspective Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast you're currently listening to on the Crawlspace Media Network, consider checking out Criminal Perspective. On Criminal Perspective, I take 11 years of my experience corresponding with notorious murderers and I bring it directly to you. At times, I'll give you interviews directly with the most heinous murderers imaginable, like Nico Klo, the Vampire of Paris. I read that I read that you found some cookies in his kitchen and you just sat there eating cookies, watching them squirm around and die. Yeah, it wasn't actual cookies. I think I, I think it was bread, just bread. But uh, yeah, yeah, I ate something. I just sat sat down on the corner and watched him die, basically. Other times, I'll bring you survivors of violent crime telling their harrowing tales themselves, like Shasta McLean, who survived being abducted by serial killer Joseph Duncan. After being at that campsite for like two, like a week or two, he had asked me how I wanted to die. He said because uh, I had to choose one or the other. It could either be quick or it could, or, you know, it could be the slow process. So he gave me the option of being strangled to death, where he gave me the option of being shot. So please check out Criminal Perspective on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are heard. Criminal Perspective is a cross-based media podcast. 
We find that in these times, everyone needs some time to chill out and relax. That's why we're excited to announce this week's sponsor, Boston Green Health. Boston Green Health is a local provider of CBD products that specializes in oils, topicals, gummies, and edibles. Boston Green Health's plant-based products can provide natural relief and rest for the mind, body, and soul. As one of New England's premier hemp-based companies, they offer a variety of all-natural CBD products that use a blend of locally sourced hemp extract. Visit bostongreenhealth.com for premium CBD oil, a delicious variety of CBD-infused gummies, luxurious handcrafted topicals, and a product line for pets. Podcast listeners can receive 20% off of any purchase by using the show code PI20. That's P-I-20. Boston Green Health takes pride in being New England's most trusted CBD brand. Kevin was standing at the table, watching me. When I turned to him, I could see he was distressed. I need to know where the hell we are, he said quietly. This is an odd place. I can feel it. Can't you? I glanced around uneasily, but said nothing. There was nothing to say. How far do you think we'll get if we head out with her? I remained silent, lost for words. Listen, said Kevin. There was something weird she had with her. What? He extended a large metal object towards me, and I saw a crucifix, the kind people put on the wall. I was puzzled. A crucifix? Yeah, pretty weird. Maybe she's very religious, I said. We both looked at the woman, who was starting to gain color now that she was warming up. I want to leave this place. I want to get out as soon as we can, Kevin said. What about the lake, I asked. The woods are a nightmare, but at least we can walk along the lake. There are some warm clothes upstairs, and we can take food. There are matches and plenty of candles. We can make a fire. Somebody will see us, Kevin thought for a second. Is there a boat around here? Maybe I missed it. There's always so much fog on the lake. It's hard to see anything. Tomorrow. Let's look for a boat first thing in the morning, Kevin said with resolve. I agreed. Do you think she'll eat anything? I motioned to the woman. I'm starving, Kevin headed for the cupboard. I offered the woman some water and she drank it greedily. She was delirious, just like Kevin was when he first stumbled in here. I smoothed her knotted hair and cleaned her face and hands with a rag. She was starting to regain her strength. What's your name? I asked her. Nikki, she said faintly with her eyes closed. I left her to sleep and joined Kevin in the kitchen. Kevin and I had to share the bed upstairs since Nikki was downstairs. He looked apologetic and embarrassed to have to ask me to share, but I was actually happy to have somebody else in the room with me especially after the uneasy feeling I'd been getting here, and what happened the other night with the footprints. Kevin made the little room seem even smaller. His head was nearly touching the ceiling. He looked up as I was lighting a candle on the bedside table 
and when I saw him again, he looked very uneasy. What the hell is this? He motioned to the footprints on the ceiling. Then he rubbed at one of them with his finger, studied the dark residue, and it looked like mud. Looks like ashes, maybe dirt or something? He rubbed it between his fingers. Yes, ashes and mud. He extended his hand toward me so I could take a look, but I didn't move. I knew what it was. I just didn't know if I should tell him how it got there. Might make me sound crazy, or even worse, might make me sound sane. Those were here when I got to this place, I lied. Probably some kind of strange prank. Kevin looked at me for a second, as if doubting what I said. Finally, he went up to the corner where these started, mid-wall. Don't you think it's weird? Kevin, I really don't know, I said quickly. I'm exhausted, let's just get some sleep. Tomorrow is a long day. The last thing I needed at the end of this strange day was to talk about these mysterious footprints. Kevin looked at me from the corner. Do you remember when you asked me if I felt exhausted all the time? He went up to me now and was standing really close, almost whispering. I know what you mean now. And now this, another person wandering in here out of the woods. How many more people will turn up, do you think? I went to the bed and got under the covers with my clothes on. Okay. It is odd, I give you that. This whole place gives me the creeps, okay? I just want to get the hell out of here. Kevin sat on the side of the bed, his back to me. I knew he was thinking, looking at those footprints on the wall and ceiling. I was drifting into sleep, feeling my eyes get heavy. Finally, Kevin spoke again. We'll let Nikki recover tomorrow, and while she's doing that, You and I will look around this place. Really search it. We have to find a boat. I didn't say anything, but nodded. That was the last thing I remember before I dozed off to sleep. On the next episode of The Feeding. We all know, but never talk about this place. Not until the feeding time. And when is that? Kevin folded his arms and stared at Nikki. Every few years or so, there's no way to know until things start to happen. When people start to go missing, or things start to die, suicides. It's different each time, but when the darkness comes, it has to be fed. So we all do it. Thank you for listening to The Feeding, a crawlspace media production of a pie rational story, narrated by Valerie Bogart. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.